Welcome in to the Bannerhood with our brothers. It's Joey. It is Chelsea. What's kicking? Hey, I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Oh, man. So this definitely is one of the most controversial and episodes that we've had that has divided the Game of Thrones fan base. I, I think you've probably seen a lot of the reactions, too, that there's not really a whole lot of middle ground. Either people hated it or they freaking loved it. Like, I think you and I both did. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, that's how this episode was always going to be because people go in with a story in their head and they're just not, you know, I like to just go in and experience the show. And that's how I just kind of see it. And, and a lot of people would just wish like some things would have happened. But I mean, if there was an episode, I mean, there was a lot of things that those articles did point out, though. They did. They did. They, they did a good job of pointing out things that we all probably thought and we hoped we would see, but you have to keep your mind open as to what the possibilities are going to be and what they can be with the remaining three episodes. Cause really we have four hours of TV left. Most all, I think the last three are basically 80 minutes long each. So yeah. you're going to get a lot of story and probably one more gigantic battle. So we're going to get a lot of plot development, especially this week coming up. I think, that you're going to see a lot of the game of Thrones coming right back at you. Now that the battle for, uh, I guess, survival is over with. I know. And that's just, you know, that's such an interesting way that they decided to do it because I mean, in the end, the show is called game of Thrones. And I guess we all got caught up in the glory. Like what is the Nike? Like it was, he was so mysterious and this whole like, you know, white thing was so interesting. And then we had the magic with like the Ravens and the, and brand and stuff. But then in the end, I think we lost focus of the point of the show, which is about who sits on the iron throne. Exactly. And we'll talk about that kind of, we, you know, before we, we preview next week's next week's episode, but let's start out with kind of how it began. And I watched the interesting thing that they were talking about in the making of the episode with like the director and, the executive producers and all that. And they were talking about how they split the show up into three different parts. And the first part was a thriller. Yeah. So, and it was amazing. Probably the first, what, seven or eight minutes of the episode, there wasn't even a noise really other than marching and things like no voice, no line was said, nothing. It was just the anticipation of the battle. And I thought they set it up beautifully with you could not see in the darkness. And it was that the night is dark and full of terrors come alive in that yeah. moment. It was so intense. I know. And I do love the cinematographer that people were complaining about there. It was being so dark and she was like, your TV suck. And you know what? I actually just bought a new TV for Christmas specifically for reasons like watching, you know, sports on HD. And then also I knew Game of Thrones is a dark show and I could see it. I saw everything like, yeah, it was dark, but it's like almost like your eyes adjust to the dark. Like, that's how these TVs are. So maybe she's right. Like, I thought it added too. I like the mystery of like, what the hell is about to happen? Absolutely. I, I didn't really understand what people were complaining about. And I understand there's complaints. Listen, I understand there were valid complaints. Yes, it was a dark episode. But my thought process on it was, what the hell did you think that fighting in a snowstorm under torchlight looked like? I know. I said, I love this because they're putting us in like how the actors are feeling. Like they're giving us all the senses 
that they can through through the TV. And it was like that was so cool. It was so cool, like watching the Dothraki ride out and like their torches going out. And can you believe it? Remember we talked last week about the one face and it was the red woman. That was the face. You were correct. You were 100 percent correct that there was the one face and it made sense. It was Melisandre. I mean, she had been saying that she was going to be back one last time to Westeros. She did. I don't necessarily know that she made a, well, she did make a huge impact for the Dothraki considering they just got wiped off the face of the earth. Oh yeah. But that was terrible. That, that was an amazing scene with those lights, you know, from Danny and John's point of view, looking down, watching them charge then looking straight on from the other, I uh, guess, participants in the battle. And then seeing those lights go out and hearing the screams, oh my gosh, it was just, it was as perfect of a beginning as I could have ever asked for. And then when they were running back and then you hear the dead charging, but you still don't see them all the way out until they're right in front of you because none of them had still seen, not seen, or they had still not seen what they were going to be facing other than a handful of them. And then they're just, then all they see is this wall of dead bodies just piling over each other and they fall into the lines. It was just incredible. It was, I thought it was spiders forever. Also, shout out to Ghost for his five seconds on screen again. Now, that's what's pissing me off. He's in the next episode. He oh, was in the previous I was, episode. I know. I was shocked that he survived from his five seconds of seeing him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were like, yeah, this is our way of killing Ghost off. But, uh, you know, they yeah. of course, they brought him back last week. He was standing next to John and Sam, and not even a word was said about it. So, know, like he's been there a yeah. little time. But anyway, no, you're right. It was really cool. I did think it, it looked like spiders. I thought maybe they would be a little bit more defined, but it was supposed to kind of be that way. And then like, oh, it was, it just like everyone's faces were so perfect when they were seeing everyone just run back, like, you know, Jorah and the Dothraki and they were just terrified and Dothraki aren't scared yeah. of much, but that was scary. No. Well, I can't even imagine. Cause yet again, they still don't really see what they're fighting when they get out there other than when their swords are on fire. And it was just a, uh, it was a remarkable piece of filmmaking to do that. And Miguel Zapochnik is, has created some of the great episodes, uh, Battle of the Bastards, Hard Home, you know, the battles. He's also directing episode five, which makes me think that's when we get the Lannister versus, you know, the North battle. Yeah, that they already said created. that. Emil Clark has confirmed episode five is that battle. Yeah, it's good. I mean, figured it was, and it's going to be just as awesome, I'm sure, as it this was, episode was. This battle was gruesome. Like, yeah. man, they it really was. just make you feel like you're just, like, in the shit with them, you know? It was just, yeah. it, it, it's like, I felt like this in the Battle of the Bastards, too. I couldn't breathe at some point. Yes. Yeah. I was the same way. I looked at my Fitbit. So I was, I was down on the road uh, uh, working on getting a hotel open, and so I was watching by myself in my room. And I looked down at my Fitbit, and my heart rate was at 93. <laughs> just sitting there. I was like, I had had my heart rate at 93 the whole week. And that joker from sitting there was just intense. But that's what you wanted out of it. And I, I hate that people were disappointed. I, I hate that they were upset that bigger characters didn't die. But I had this thought after I watched the episode, I'm glad they, that they didn't kill off any Major, what we consider major characters. Obviously, the characters that died, it sucks. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, it did. But, but 
I also thought well, it would be kind of – it would suck to waste somebody's death, like Jamie's death or Brianne or anybody like that getting killed by zombies. You know, it no, could just absolutely. Like I told, I had someone at work. We were talking about. It. He goes, you know, I just think they're scared to kill off major characters. I was like, no, it wasn't their time to die. I was like, I think the people that died in this episode, it was appropriate. It's like I wasn't yeah. like devastated. I was like more proud of the deaths that happened, and I was like, you know what? That was beautiful. Beautiful, and it set up since so many characters survived. It set up so many possibilities of storylines, which makes the next few episodes so much fun. Because honestly, if some major characters would have died, it would have just been less fun because it would have still been about this fucking Night King for four more episodes. Yeah, you're right. It, I think I liked it because going way back, and Cersei's the one that said it, you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Well, the Night King played the Game of Thrones, and he underestimated his his opponents. He did. You know how Tyrion was talking about how being clever – he often underestimated his enemies, and that's why he would make mistakes and lost sometimes. Well, the Night King did the same damn thing. No, definitely. I mean, he got cocky about yeah, it. He did. You know, I. That's what happened. And but now he did pull one of the coolest moves ever when he commanded the whites to lay down on the burning trench so they could build bridges for the other ones to run across. That was so badass. How about the the Unsullied leading Melisandre out there to light that pyre and, like, the face of death literally being right there in her face, and then she lights it on fire. Like, honestly, I really feel like the Lord of Light, like, showed out for this episode. However, I still... Is, like, the prophecy, does it not even matter now? So, I don't know, because... She was wrong on a lot of things, but they also had the Red Priestess that was talking to them when they were still in Marine and was talking about Azora High. I don't know. Truthfully, I don't know what what's going to happen with that. Have they just said, you know, F it? Because a lot of what I think is kind of left out from the episode where people are a little more mad, it's like, oh, well, we had all this buildup over the seasons. They're getting you ready for this spinoff that's going to be about the long night. But I don't know what they're going to do then, yeah. truthfully. I have no idea because maybe there's still more to go. Maybe the long night wasn't only just referencing the Night King. And that battle is the, the whole battle against Cersei, too. Maybe she brings the darkness as well. I don't know, I know. what's going to happen. I know. So, yeah, so she lights the fire. They, they all throw their bodies on it, which is crazy. And then they start climbing up. And then it just, like, becomes mayhem. I'm just, like, when they get in those walls, I'm like, oh, my God, this is about to be so terrible. And it was. It was, like, yeah. awful and graphic. The crypt scene was the wor- one of the worst things I ever <laughs> had to listen oh, to. Oh, it was terrifying because that was when the horror movie part portion started. That's what they said. They, they, they went to that, that next part was the horror movie. And that was, you know, with Arya sneaking through the library with the, the whites attacking on a side note, what the ever-living ass did the actual White Walkers do? They didn't do crap. They sat back on their horses and didn't do anything. They were basically Sansa. That was what they were. They were basically Bran. Yep. They, they did nothing. nothing. They did nothing. They were like, eh, you know, you guys just hang out. We're good. 
unless they were fighting and we just didn't see them, maybe they were. I, I don't know. Maybe their rules but, are to, like, stay back because, I don't know, maybe they control, like, a certain amount of white so they have to stay alive. But I agree. This is true. I, I just was like, oh, the White Walkers were even there. Even the Night King took forever to pop up. I was like, is he in King's Landing? Is he going to be here? And then Bran does that weird <laughs> work thing. And it's like, oh, there he is. My buddy sent me one of the funniest memes. It was talking about, like, you know, this character did this during the episode. This character did this. And this character, it's like, hey, I'm going to do this. It's like, Bran, I was going to, you know, fly around and do, like, general bird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was so true. There has to be more to what he was doing than going and looking to where the Night King was, because he was he was in that warg far longer than he need, than he already saw where the Night King was. Why would he not just come back into himself? He had there had to be something more to what he was doing in that moment. I, another thought that I had was. Like you said with Azor Ahaya, they're just going to abandon that completely after talking about it for all these. They're like, nah, nobody's going to care. We're like, yes, we do care. We've, we've been talking, talking about, about Absolutely. Who is the fucking prince that was promised? Yeah, we need to know. I also wonder, what the hell happened to all those freaking baby boys that Craster gave to the White Walkers? That's where I was like, is the is – the That's the White Walkers. Well, no. Is the war against the dead actually over? Have they are those babies still chilling literally up in the north and grown into White Walkers and they start again? Think about that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I That's, hope not. I hope we're done with it. If it's gonna be a pointless character, let's just let it be a pointless character. I, I do too. It's just I, I mean, I don't know. I just so was wondering that. Let's be honest, <laughs> the White Walkers and the Night King are basically Darth Maul at this point. Really cool yeah. character. You think it's going to be badass, and they're going to do so much, and then nothing really happens. Well, I mean, that was the whole point. The whole, like you said before, the whole point of the show is the Game of Thrones itself, and and it's this was just that distraction. It was like, hey, this is cool. We're going to add this fantasy element, but really, you're just in a political thriller. That's what the Game of Thrones ultimately is. You know, but in that's the end, the best part of it. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you completely. You know, it's we've it's been watching for eight seasons. We haven't been watching this war against the White Walkers. No offense to everybody who was all about that. But like, I don't know what you I mean. I've seen Dorn up in here. I've seen High Tide. I've seen we've seen the Sparrow try to take over. I was I told my dad, I was like, you're right. It's about the Game of Thrones. And, yeah. you know, the Night King, you know, maybe maybe like the twist at the very, very end is like you do see the babies like you were saying. Maybe that is the twist at the end. But I think. Maybe the point of it is to be a distraction because ultimately it is a distraction for a ma- like major players in the game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, getting back into the, the, the episode itself, I thought... Uh, yeah, where's the horror part? The horror part is great. You know, it, and you're, you're terrified of it. And, and I love the Arya scene, even though it was a little Walking Dead-ish, but... It showed it set up for the ending of the, sh- the episode with her being able to a- avoid those creatures, showing you how quiet she was because exhibited what they can hear whenever the drops of blood hit the floor. Like something that small, they can hear it, but she was getting around undetected, which is what's like, hey, she snuck up on John in the God's Wood. She can sneak around anywhere now. She snuck around all those whites. She even killed the one, had the force to kill the one without panicking, without them even noticing. That was just, just shows you, it's like, okay, 
that's pretty awesome. It was like super. I mean, I'm gonna be real. Like you know, they so they all get in. I was really like bummed out. Like, oh, this is terrible. And then it shoots over to Arya with this weapon that Gendry made her, and she's just like kicking everybody's ass. And I was like, fuck yeah, Arya. And I mean, you know, her entire story arc has been literally leading up to moments like this. Like, this is her purpose. Her purpose is to be a silent assassin. And she lived up to it. And it was absolutely amazing. And I'm all about it. Like, her sneaking around the library, it was great. People were, like, all bitching about it. And honestly, the, the guys were right. It broke up the fight sequences, which you really needed to do. It did. They, they were 100% right. They said, you get bored by watching people just slaughter each other for, you know, an hour. And, and they were right. They were 100% right. It was a really good scene. And then... It, it, to what was going to happen and it gave you that beautiful thing with the hound you know he was so scared you're like what the fuck is going on with Clegane like get over your fire issue and then he's all like don't chase my daughter that's my homegirl and I was like that's what's up and and it made Sir what's his face Broderick Berdick, uh Barrett 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 <laughs> So it made Barrick a useful character, which the past two episodes, he, let's be honest, he's kind of been useful, useless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really was one of those, like, yeah, he's going to die in this episode. But, but if you think about it, he got brought back to life all those times. His whole purpose was to save Arya from the Whites when they busted the door. That was literally his entire purpose from getting brought back to life all those times. Think about that. I know it's crazy, and you know, the oh. gain's purpose too is yeah, is, and he's, he's gonna, of course, to protect her, but also to, um, you know, hopefully fight his brother. Well, and that, that was a big thing. I mean, I was like, the hound cannot die in this episode because Clegane Bowl did not happen. I told, well, we'll talk about like things that must happen at the end for sure, but you know, I'm glad yeah. that he survived. I'm glad he's like getting yeah. over his shit because honestly, like, he's gonna have to get over this fire thing. Cersei's got a bunch of fucking wildfire. They're all about fire. Fire is happening. They have oh, dragons. It's, it's going to happen, and I don't know if it's going to happen next episode, but it's going to happen at least in the by the fifth episode when she starts blowing stuff up with wildfire. I know. You know what's interesting too is you know once we get to talk, we'll talk about that when we get to. It, but so getting down to Bran in this episode, you know we talked about him going on his bird quest. You know nobody really knows exactly what the F he's doing and why he's there and what, what he, he, I think he had a Dr. Strange moment. I think he knew what they had to do to get the Night King in the position to kill it. And he had to let it play out. He had to let all the people die. He had to let all these things happen. And I think that look when Theon, which, you know, may he rest in peace. You know, he told Theon he was a good man. And then the, he kind of, Theon, I don't know if that look was, thank you for telling me that, or if it's like, dude, you really, like, I really have to go and charge these MFers and die, <laughs> you know, no, just to make it fun of it? I think Theon I knew he was going to die. I think that's all Theon ever wanted in life after being Reek, especially. He just, he wanted someone to be proud of him and be a good man. Like I said, Theon, Theon's character arc on this show is like, one of the best pieces of fucking writing in the history of television. That's great. It really has been great. He dies. And I said it at the very first podcast. You remember I said, I just want Theon to die the most heroic, amazing death. And you know what? He 
did. I am so proud of him. He knew he had to. He knew he knew he had to do that. It, and it bought Arya more time. It did. Speaking of that, did you see the, the article that came out where people supposedly picked up that John saw Arya leaving the hall and he distracts Viserion by yelling and he he sees her to give her the ability to get around the dragon by yelling, go, go, go. That was when John was out there and everybody's like, well, what the hell is John doing? He's not going to make it, blah, blah, blah. What's the point of this dragon scene? But supposedly, that's what somebody pointed out, that is, it looks like he sees Arya and tells her to go. And with him screaming, it gives her that opportunity to get past the White Walkers and to get to the Night King. Maybe. I don't know. They'll have to confirm that. I mean, I would. I hope it's something like that because it did seem really stupid that he just stood up and started yelling at a dragon. And then at right. the end, I mean, I, so I read the article, I watched the video, and I was like, well, the way the scenes played out, the big thing about Game of Thrones is they love giving us those little gaps that, like, we don't, we, like, see some things, but we don't know everything that happens. And maybe that's kind of part of it. Maybe it kind of, you know, because they always tell the stories of the old days. So maybe that's kind of what they're mimicking. I don't know. Maybe they'll tell us in the next episode what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible or they're just going to be like, I mean, maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, but if they did put that in there, that's an incredible piece of writing. It really is to, to put that kind of a detail in there to where John was going to sacrifice himself so that Ari could take out the night Kings. That's what he's prepared to do. And then she luckily got there in time to where Viserion did not smoke him because we know John is not impervious to fire like Daenerys is simply because he got burnt by that lantern that he was holding uh, when he was protecting the Lord Commander back when that white oh, tried yeah. to kill him uh, a couple seasons ago. So he got burnt by that. So we know he's not impervious to flame. Yeah. Uh, there was a theory also I saw that that the Night King was possibly a Targaryen, oh, which can't happen. No, he couldn't be. He was he was created before the Targaryens even got to Westeros. He had to be among so, the first, though. I mean, he could have been. He could have been like an original Targaryen, but th- that's where I thought that was a great theory because the dragon fire didn't burn him, and he was able to fly the actual dragon because nobody but Targaryens can. But he was he was created long before the Targaryens ever came to Westeros. Well, so that's where. I'm like, I don't think it can be true. But it was also done at the Isle of Faces, which is a magical place. So maybe the Targaryen, maybe they, you know, Targaryens had ships. They went and did things. They flew on dragons and shit. Maybe he crash landed there. You don't, you don't know this stuff. But going back to John and this Arya thing, I don't know. I think some people, I think it would be good. I think some people are saying it because some people don't think that Arya deserves this, which is stupid. Of course she does. <laughs> Thing, right yeah I, I, that was so stupid but it also would be super on par with john's character and john's a very self-sacrificing man he doesn't yeah. need to be the hero or the star he just wants one goal to be achieved and so it's interesting to see to see to talk about what he's going to do next but dude we have to talk about this dragon fight like seriously yes there was a dragon fight on tv it was awesome it was really good. Rhaegal kicked the shit out of Assyrian, and it was all, like, super graphic. And I was all like, what the hell is going on? And then I thought Rhaegal didn't make it. I was shocked to read that he did, to be honest. Like, Yeah, I mean, he crash-landed pretty hardcore. 
And then Drogon gets attacked by the whites. Gets us all over back. Why in the world? Like, I don't, I mean, I hate to say this, but good God, Daenerys. Like, for real, you drop the dragon down right there in the middle of all of them. Last thing I saw, they had wings. Maybe you could hover. I don't know if they have a hover mode. And she landed, and then, of course, they jump on Drogon and start stabbing the crap out of him. Poor guy. Those dragons have been and then Jorah, out. Sir, Sir Friendzone. Oh, uh, going out the way he loves. He did, but it was perfect. It was a perfect way for him to go out. I know. It was. And, the, you know, I, I hated to, to see him go out, but it was, uh, it was necessary. The character offered Daenerys. But no, Jorah was beautiful. It was the perfect way for him to go. And I was glad to finally see Daenerys get her hands dirty because let's be honest, she really hasn't this whole time. This is the first time she picked up a sword and stabbed some things and joined in, which I think is going to benefit her in the long run. So, yeah. it like, you know, I'm going to go on. I don't know if you noticed this, but screw Daenerys. Do you not? Did you not notice whenever in the scene? So, Jor had been stabbed at least 70 to 80 times and he's on his knees. And there's a white uh, running at her. She pulls him in front of her. I know. I was like, oh, screw her. As a shield. BS. That, I was like, did that bitch just do what I think she did? She's not going to die. But at least this episode, I feel like she proved that she loved John because she could have just let John die and she didn't. I mean, we'll see. I, I don't I don't know because she knows damn well if John dies, the North ain't doing nothing for her. Like, it ain't happening. So she's got to keep John alive. I don't know. I feel like she really does love him. I feel like I feel like it's going to it's going to work out for I mean, my my favorite couple with no chemistry. It's not going to work because if there isn't a Zora high, he's stabbing her with long claw. And that thing is bursting into flame. That would be crazy. Uh, that would be a cool yeah, scene. Just, because she can't be killed by fire, but she can create fire by getting stabbed in the damn heart. Oh, fun fact about Targaryens. Exciting news. Yeah. But, I mean, really, you got to say the MVPs of the episode, MVP number uh, one, obviously, Arya. MVP number two, House Mormont from Jorah. And yes. little Lyanna, what up? Stabbing a what giant. A what a death. I didn't see her death coming. I, I was actually, I was really impressed they went there with her. And that they, they gave her a really great death for her strong character. So that's, uh, but, was, yeah, rest in peace, House Mormont, period. That, that's know. a rant. So There's like there no house left in the north. Umber's dead. Dead. Mormont. Karstark, dead. So if Bronn decides to switch over and not kill Tyrion or Jamie, there's two castles they can give him. I'm just saying. Yeah, there's, yeah, there are. I'm sure he'll just love being in the north with all those castles. Brian uh, <laughs> wants some southern castles, I guarantee you that. Although I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know if it happens this coming up episode or episode five. But I, I just have a feeling he has Tyrion, Tyrion's name written on a crossbow bolt. I don't know. Tyrion is a master of words, and, and Bronn is a yeah. sellsword, and that's it. He will always but, be a sellsword. But Cersei's always with the she's come through for him. She actually did get in the castle with the wife, and Jamie took him away from it whenever they went to go save Marcella and Dorne. So that was brought up. So I'm just saying, nope. it 
it's a possibility I'm that that with, goes down. I'm going with Braun as a sellsword, and he'll turn with Tyrion. That's that's my. I'm I'm just screwing with you. I, I hope. I hope. I mean, I love his character, and but I, I also wouldn't blame him for shooting Tyrion with the with the crossbow either. I love Tyrion. Tyrion's my favorite character on the show, but it's just. I just think it would be oddly appropriate. Like Tyrion couldn't talk his way out of it this time. Yeah. No, I know. So I love the whole speculation of Arya's dagger. And I love that people like broke it down. Like how many times you saw it throughout yeah. the series. And they were like, one person pointed out this guy predicted this apparently of three years ago, this ending. And he basically said that this thing was a hero's prop. And so once Bran gave Arya the, the dagger in season seven, he knew that she was going to use it to kill the Night King because it's obviously yeah. very old. It's been in a book that Sam had. It's been passed yeah. down from generation to generation. It's like uh, Valerian Steel with Dragonbone and like I, ancient dagger. Crazy that it ended up in like, well, I mean, Bran put it in her hand, so he knew what was going on. But it's amazing how it was used to try to kill Bran, but then it was used to save him too in the end. I uh, know. It's nice I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's a lot of ways they're going to go with this, and it's going to get I, – I think that as weird as it is, even though there's three episodes left, the, the, the season just began last – you know, this past Sunday, and it really begins on this coming up Sunday when we get back to the Game of Thrones and see, you know, who betrays who because there's a big betrayal that still has to come up for Daenerys that was predicted in the House of Black and White or either by one of the – or maybe about the witch. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, so we'll see. What was uh, the prediction? Would they say she was going to be portrayed three times? And I uh, believe Jorah was the first one. Um, I thought it might have been the witch was the second one, possibly. I can't remember. And then there was a third one was uh, was possibly Tyrion. So Tyrion or Varys. Varys, yeah. Tyrion, it would be more likely with Tyrion because he's closer to Daenerys. It would sting more than Varys would. Maybe Jamie. But Jamie Jamie's be. allegiances are now now kind of up in the air. The North the, the battle of North is done. I don't know if he's got it in him to turn against his sister. You never know. We're, we'll see we'll see this week whenever Cersei and uh Euron get back into the fold. Yes, I'm so excited for the terrible twosome. I love them. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely incredible. I think, I think this episode is going to be one that's going to make up in the people that didn't like this past one. This coming up Sunday, we're going to get I, what I think is going to be a masterpiece you know, Game of Thrones episode. We got our battle. We got our Battle of Winterfell that we wanted, and about half the people loved it, half the people hated it. And I think everybody's going to love this episode coming up on Sunday night. I'm super excited. I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we're going to talk next week after what I hope is uh, going to be a stunning, stunning development in the world of Game of Thrones. Absolutely, dude. I'll be taking really hardcore notes for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, have a good one, and we'll talk next week. All right. Bye, Joey. Bye, everybody. Everybody, you also can get this podcast on Spotify iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast service. We are the Banner Hood Without Brothers. We will see you next week. Woo!